Welcome, everyone. I am Sarah Evers Conrad. And I am Megan Scharfenberg. And you are listening to the Pony Club Podcast. On this month's episode, we talked to life member Alina Kears from the Northwest region, who most recently completed the Mongol Derby. She has a really interesting horse and dog-related job. Then we'll talk to Gira O'Connor-Reichert, a young member from the Eastern Pennsylvania region who recently went viral online with her pony Flower. As a result of her newfound fame, she's had many media interviews and has become a big advocate for Pony Club. This month's episode is brought to you by Kentucky Equine Research. Kentucky Equine Research is an international equine nutrition research and consultation company serving horse owners and the feed industry. With 35 years of pioneering science at its foundation, Kentucky Equine Research delivers on its commitment to advancing the industry's knowledge of equine nutrition and exercise physiology, applying that knowledge to produce healthier, more athletic horses, and supporting the nutritional care of all horses throughout their lives. Learn more about Kentucky Equine Research and KER-targeted nutrition supplements at KER.com. And of course, we could sit here for a long time and tell you all that USPC has had going on, but the easiest way for everyone to keep up with us is to follow us on social media, such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, TikTok, and also LinkedIn. Yes, we're everywhere, but our biggest focus is always on Facebook and Instagram, so come follow us on any of those, and uh, if you ever have feedback and want to write to us and tell us content you're interested in in reading or seeing or hearing, or you want to give feedback on the podcast, uh, you can always, of course, email communications at ponyclub.org, or you can find us on, on social media and also let us know. Alina Kears is a C3 eventing, an HB in horse management, and a life member and alumni of Carbon Hills Pony Club from the Northwest region. She is currently a kennel huntsman for the Iroquois Hunt Club in Lexington, Kentucky, where she trains both staff hunters and English foxhounds. In August of 2022, she completed the Mongol Derby, billed as the longest and toughest endurance race in the world. Well, thank you for joining us, Alina. Um, so you just completed one of the most grueling equestrian experiences, the Mongol Derby. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience? Absolutely. Um, it For a lot of people, it is very grueling. I actually found it really enjoyable. Um, I think some of the people I rode with thought I was a little bit crazy, but um, I had a really good time, um, kind of a type one and type too fun at the same time. Um, so if you're not familiar with those, what type type one fun is that you know you're having fun and you're really enjoying it in the moment. Type two, which this is most people who complete the Mongol Derby, find it more of a type two where it's fun to look back on and you know, oh, you know, that was great. At the time maybe it's hard and tiring and you're wondering why you're doing it. But looking back on it, everyone's very glad that they did. But I found that I, I really enjoyed the, the whole experience. I was lucky um, in the horses that I got, and I was very lucky that I didn't get any 
kind of sickness or dehydration that really affects a lot of a lot of the riders as well. Well, it wasn't just you. Um, you also competed with your sister. So what was that like? How did that maybe make things a little bit different for, for both of you to be there? That was really fun. Um, we lived, you know, a few thousand miles apart from each other. We're twins, grown up together, and it's it's weird being being apart, but we've been apart for maybe eight, nine years now, um, living in different places all over the world. Coming together with each other in a foreign country um, and just riding hell-bent for leather was really incredible. We kind of knew we, we had each other's back. Um, you can't always predict what horse you're going to be on and what that's going to be like. But we could always count on seeing each other um, each evening. So we had a plan of, you know, riding three legs per day. And so if one of us had a fast horse, you know, the beginning of the the day for one leg, we just ride on and both meet each other at the, the end of the day with stories to tell. So it was it was a really good bonding experience for the two of us, and I think we're planning more more horse adventures around the world if we if we can manage it. Well, when you're here yeah. stateside, you are a kennel huntsman. Can you uh, tell us a little bit, like what is a kennel huntsman, and what kind of things do you do in your day to day opposition? Yeah, so a kennel huntsman is a professional hunt servant who works with a fox hunting club and usually fulfills the position of kennelman or barn manager and first whipper in. But in cases where the huntsman, in my case, a master hunts the hounds, if she's not able to hunt the hounds for any reason, then I get to do that. So it's probably the best job in the world. I think I'm very lucky to be able to do what I do. I get to ride horses and train dogs, basically. It's really enjoyable. Right now, we're right smack in the middle of our hunt season. So we go out three three times a week, um, and we stay very busy. That sounds really interesting. Um, when I had attended a conference a few years ago, we did a tour in Maryland, and we got to go to a hunt club, and they had 80 hounds that they let loose with all of us. And it was just such a fun experience seeing all the, all the hounds and all how just joyful they were, but so well-behaved and well-trained and how many hounds do you all have? Yeah, we, we try to keep about 80 and, you know, 40 couple um, in our kennel. So right now I think we're at 77. Um, We had a couple litters of of puppies recently that haven't started hunting yet, but we're very excited about them. So that's, that's one of my favorite parts is just training the the puppies and bringing in the new entry and watching them grow and, you know, find out whether your, your breeding program is living up to all your hopes and dreams. It's really fun. I, I think a lot of people, if you, you like horses, you end up liking hounds too, because it's a, it's an activity that you can kind of, learn about and do with other people it's it's very i think team oriented you know the hounds have to work with each other and people and horses um so i i like that aspect of it a lot i'm curious you guys definitely have your hands full over there (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious. 11 how did horses you... and 77 hounds. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's a lot. So I'm curious, how did your time and experiences with Pony Club help you for this experience and also for the Mongol Derby experience? Well, I pretty much credit Pony Club for getting me the, this job in a lot of ways. Um, I did the International Fox Hunting Exchange back in 2013, um, and that's sort of when I realized that fox hunting could become a career path. So thank you, Pony Club. Um, as <laughs> for the Mongol Derby, that came out in some really unexpected ways. The sense of camaraderie that, you know, especially with my sister and we both grew up doing pony club, you know, we kind of knew how to, you know, take care of each other's horses in, in ways that you, I'd get into a horse station, you know, first get my horse vetted in and, you know, wait for her to arrive. And it feel like I'm the stable manager, you know, she comes in, give her some water, take her helmet, you know, help her with her horse. We hang up each other's saddle pads and, you know, to let them dry or air out. And a lot of that working together, just horse management skills, um, I think in some ways gave us a competitive edge on other people because we were working together. And we, you know, did in include, you know, other riders we were, were with, you know, we'd help take care of them. They'd help take care of us. But having that pony club background really helped us know what, kind of what to expect. We'd gone through all the, the turn back, you know, or the vet boxes. Um, so nothing was too much of a surprise. We're able to, you know, take our own TPRs. Um, my sister's actually a, a vet nurse for an equine hospital. So she's got loads and loads of experience um, doing that. Both of us just were able to really um, respect the horses that we were on. Um, and our horse management uh, was noticed by by the vets and you know by photographers and by the Mongolian people. I think they, when we had the option to pick horses, um, we were helped out a lot by the families that lived there. And word would get around if you were you know good to your horses. You know, and that they, we'd had people come up to us and say, please take my horse, please ride my horse, you know, for the next leg. This one's fast. And you know, okay, yes, please, thank you. A lot of those skills were things that we, we did pick up in Pony Club and became, you know, second nature to us. Um, and that really, really helped, I think, have an enjoyable, fun experience. Um, you know, we weren't stressing about, are we going to make it to the finish line in time or are we going to make the finish line at all? You know, we, we had a, a plan and um, I think the experience to do something even that you can't necessarily always plan for, or there's no experience quite like it. Um, but I think we were fairly well prepared as you could be. What was the biggest challenge during the Mongol Derby that, you know, really kind of tested your either horse management or your riding skills? I was fortunate that I had um, nice horses. And, you know, a lot of times people will be like, you, you aren't the horses, you know, wild over there. Well, I 
didn't have a single horse that tried to buck or rear or anything like that. A lot of them are just very forward. Um, and I ride a lot of off-track thoroughbreds, so I'm used to forward. Um, I did have a few moments. I, I did fall off once. Um, so that was perhaps a, a challenge was getting my horse back. Um, we were galloping along, and he stepped in a marmot hole. And oh, so no. we both go somersaulting. Um, and it was my first really fast horse. So I was really excited. And I was way out in front of everybody. So everybody else that I was riding with saw. Um, but it was also good because then one one guy went and chased down my horse and brought it back. And I was luckily didn't didn't even bruise myself anywhere. So I just climbed back on and away we went. But there was definitely that that thinking feeling of, oh, no, there goes my horse over the edge of the hill there's all my gear that you know this is day three so i'm like i still have seven days that if i don't have my gear you know there were people in the month before who lost their horse and all their gear um and they you know could ride allowed to ride bareback to between horse stations i mean i don't really want to do that the fear of losing losing your stuff quickly disappeared once realized well the worst that it could have happened has happened now I can just move on and you know keep going so that was I said I I pretty much was smiling like grinning ear to ear the whole time I did it um (laughs) and I I think that that makes me a little crazy but I it was like a vacation I was like oh I got to this first station early I'm going to just, you know, give myself a spa day. And like we washed washed my hair on day five. And that was like luxury. I just fell in love with everything about the Mongol Derby and the the culture over there. Um, um, I was probably, the hardest part was probably thinking, well, I might have to ride bareback for, you know, next seven days, but it all worked out in the end. So. That's good. Hopefully that answers the question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it was certainly a once in a lifetime experience for you and a lot of people who, you know, may be interested in, in this kind of thing, but maybe don't quite have mm-hmm. chances or the opportunities to do it. I mean, but it sounds like you, you really took the chance that was offered to you and made the most of it. Yeah. I mean, I signed up in 2019. Um, so there was, there's a, you know, and then they held off a few years because of COVID. So um, I knew it was coming for a long time and I had a lot of, a lot of time to prepare um, and get ready. And I, I bought the kind of saddle that they ride in so I could practice on my own horses and get comfortable in it and comfortable with my gear. There's definitely, there are there are, you know, there's a lot of it when I was going, I'm like, I got to be really ready because, you know, I, I can only afford to do this once. Um, Cause it is a financially, it was a, that was probably the hardest hurdle for me to overcome. Um, and luckily I had a lot of, you know, support from friends and family. Uh, but, and after you do it once, I'm thinking, Oh, maybe, maybe it's not a once in a lifetime opportunity. You know, I enjoyed it so much. I'd probably work, you know, for three more years to try to figure out how to get out there again. 
mentioned uh, earlier that part of, um, you know, what you're doing, what you're doing with the um, fox hunting club is that you were part of the uh, fox hunting exchange during your time at Pony Club. So what was that like? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. Um, so I went to England for the exchange, um, and that was that was 10 days, and we hunted pretty much like every other day. It was a little bit grueling. Um, I remember the, the day or the, the two weeks before I had left, and I was living in Washington State at the time, um, so the time difference was a little more excessive. Um, but the two weeks before I left, we'd had this weird freezing fog, and I couldn't ride. I couldn't do anything. Um, it was in February. And so we get in to um, you know, Birmingham Airport in England, and bus out and you know to and the next day we we get on horses um and they go this is great we're like go for a little hack around i think this is wonderful and um the next day was our first hunt and we were you know tacking up braiding in the dark and we hacked home after sunset and i don't think i'd ever been so sore in my life as i was um, after that first hunt and I was rooming with uh, an Irish girl and she was felt exactly the same way and we're just like moaning in our beds that night but you know we got up and uh, kept hunting and it was just such a blast that um, afterwards uh, I didn't go home I went to Ireland and I hunted over there with some of the Irish team that I made friends with and um, I'm actually still in touch with um, some of the English and Irish teams, and lo and behold, half of us work for Hunt still. So um, it, it's kind of a, a small, small world hunting and pony club, but um, but a good one. It almost sounds like a defining moment because um, you've now like become part of the international fox hunting community and still have even though this was almost a decade ago you still have all those contacts and things like that I think that's amazing yeah yeah it's a it really was a a life-changing opportunity for me because the the hunt that I'd grown up with at the time didn't have any professional positions so I just didn't know that it was something that you could get paid to do until I you know flew over there and I saw a bunch of people doing it and I felt really like dumb because it was like well of course you know not every hunt works the same way if I'd taken the the time to you know really think about it uh it would have made more sense to me um, but it was just so much fun um you know what's not to like about riding you know horses over beautiful country and you know hanging out with great people and i think that's pretty similar in fox hunting and the mongol derby just have a lot in common things that i really enjoy so well um can you share with us maybe one of the most important things that you've learned uh as a member of pony club that's a that's a tough question because (laughs) 
there's so many things I've learned from Pony Club. Being being a, a teacher is actually something that I I learned a lot from Pony Club or how to, you know, help other people um, in in that way. Uh, because I, I, I might still be a, a chief horse management judge. And, you know, I really always respected my judges growing up. I was lucky to have a lot of good um, judges in my, my region and uh, who would take the time to teach me all these horse management skills. And I really enjoy passing that on to people um, and having that standard of knowledge has been a good baseline for me. Um, you know, when I work with people who don't have a pony club background, you know, I can kind of understand how, how to help them still and how to, you know, we can all get better at our horse management and all get better at, um, you know, learning from each other and how to, you know, speak in some ways and, um, work work together learn from each other teach each other um it's a sense of team building and camaraderie i guess is one of the most important things i i took away from pony club i'm naturally an introvert otherwise so having those skills is really important for me well this has been totally fascinating um like i think the whole experience with the mongol derby I mean, most people don't ever get to do anything quite like that in their lives. So thank you so much for sharing with us and for coming on and uh, telling us about your experiences. Absolutely. I Thanks for having me. Well, that was a fascinating interview. Honestly, I have never done fox hunting. What about you, Megan? No, I have not had the chance to partake in a hunt either. I think uh, quite a bit of our members do. So if anybody wants to contact us through social media and tell us if you're planning to do the Mongol Derbies because you've been fox hunting and that's the next step in your horse career, I'd love to hear about it. So anybody going to follow in Alina's footsteps? But um, so on this episode, we'd like to share a message from the Athletic Equestrian Podcast. Navigating the world of collegiate riding is a mystery to most young rider athletes and their families. On the Athletic Equestrian Riding and College Podcast, Sally Batten, a collegiate varsity equestrian coach for over 30 years, interviews coaches, organizations, and riders for their insight on what it takes to ride on a collegiate equestrian team. So saddle up and join her as she reveals the inner workings of collegiate equestrian. The Riding in College podcast is available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Kira O'Connor Reichert is a C1 in eventing and horse management with Pickering Hunt Pony Club in the eastern Pennsylvania region. This 12-year-old went viral for a helmet cam video in which she talks her Welsh pony flower, otherwise known as Pine Creek Snapdragon, through a cross-country course. At last count, the Facebook video had more than 600,000 views. 
Kira is a big advocate for Pony Club and is already planning to attend the 2023 USPC Championships East in eventing. She, Flower, and her scramble team captured first in dressage in standard junior training level at the 2022 USPC Championships. Well, welcome, Kira. We're so glad to have you on the podcast. Hi, I'm happy to be here. So we want to hear all about your pony flower and also Micah, your latest horse or pony. Um, if you want to tell us kind of like what pon- ponies they are, what did they look like? What are their personalities like? That kind of thing. Okay. Well, flower, she's 12'2", so she's like really short. She's a Welsh pony. She's a bay. She has a blaze. She's adorable. Um, she's a little bit round at the moment. <laughs> she's like she's a sweetheart, although most of the time she's putting her ears at you. But but she's she just has attitude, <laughs> and she likes cookies. <laughs> um, my pony Micah. She's fourteen one, I think. Uh, he's a bay. He has like just like a really tiny star under his forelock, but like you can barely see it because it's like really tiny. He has like he has black points and he doesn't have any socks or anything. So, um, he's a bit of a drama queen sometimes. <laughs> he's very dramatic about basically anything. Uh, but. So I heard when you first um, started with Flower, she wasn't exactly the easiest pony. Like, how did that go to like kind of get her past that and and get to a a better partnership with her? Well, the first probably six months we had her, um, she was kind of a nutcase. She had. She was bred. She was, like, really finely bred, but then uh, her owner decided to move, so she dumped her off with, like, a friend that ran a camp, and Flower was way overworked, and during the winter, they just kind of left these two ponies in a field, Flower and her friend, and they had to fend for themselves, so one of the ponies died, and Flower, like, had to see that so when her original owner called a friend just to check on her she found out what had happened and then her friend um took her in and like had her for a few months before we found flower and then we leased her for a while and then it started getting really good and then the lady that we leased her from decided she wanted her back. And, well, we didn't want to give her up because she was really cute and a good pony. So we bought her. <laughs> well, I bet she's lucky to end up with you all instead of the previous situation. Honestly, um, when I was little, we kind of, I kind of had the same experience where I found some horses in a field that had, had kind of just been left there. And we kind of had to find the original owners and, I can't remember exactly what happened. I didn't end up with that horse. I wasn't as lucky as you, but um, yeah. So good for you all for, for taking her on and uh, 
and working with her so much. Yeah, she's she's a really good pony. She's great jumper. We've been working on dressage a lot. She's gotten really good at that. We've actually started doing some first level things. So she's like a really, really good pony. Well, part of the reason you got so uh, famous is that you talk to Flower a lot. So what makes you or made you in the beginning decide to talk to Flower? And how did she respond to that? Well, I've always talked to my ponies because, like, they're my friends. But I talk to them when I'm riding and I, like, will say a good boy or a good girl and stuff. But Flower is, like, getting really nervous about beginner novice and it was really big for her and it was also really big for me too so I was nervous and when I'm nervous I babble and talking to her just seemed to help me which also helped her so that's kind of why I started talking to her and then we just had this helmet cam when I'm saying like some of the most ridiculous things. <laughs> and Clyde's just like her ears are swiveling, she's going over all the fences. And it was real and people just like that. So. so you've been a Pony Club member for five years now. Can you tell us about some of your favorite things about Pony Club? I really love Pony Club rallies. I've just always had so much fun at them. And then I also love, like, the clinics because you get to ride with, like, all these, like, famous riders instructing you, which is, like, really, really cool. It's, like, in any other sport, like, if you play football, you're not going to get training from someone in the NFL. But when you're riding, you can get training from people who are five-star eventers. So that's always been one of my favorite things about Pony Club. Who is your favorite famous writer? I like Lessons with Dom Sham. I feel like those have always been super helpful, especially with Micah. Actually, we just like, we had one um, in October or November, I think. And it was like, it was really good. We did a lot of, like, bounces and have a ready jump. And it was, like, really helpful for Micah because, like, he's a good jumper. He just gets going and he gets fast because he just starts getting excited. And then I lose control and it gets messy. And then the ride's back. But doing all the little things he had us doing, I mean, they were just cavaletti jumps but we were doing them as bounces and on turns. And we made like courses out of them with lots of bending, diagonals, bending lines, jumps in the middle of the arena. We even had like a few skinnies, which took a while to get of it. But all my lessons with him have just been really, really informational. It's very cool. So you um, have already qualified for the 2023 championships uh, East. So congratulations on that. 
Um, but you were Thank also you. you were also at Champions East uh, this year in 2022. What was that like for you? It was really cool. I took my pony Flower for dressage, and I was on a scratch team. I had one person from my pony club, but the rest of the people were from different agents. And it was really cool. It was like a really great experience to just meet like these people that I would never meet in any other situation because they were from like completely different states. And we worked really well together, even though we had just met. And it was just really fun. <laughs> yeah, you all did so well. And I know you're... Your favorite thing, which discipline is your favorite? Uh, is it eventing or? My favorite discipline's got to be eventing because you can you do dressage, show jumping, and cross country all in one. So I would definitely have to say that's one of the best. Do you, uh, do you have a favorite phase of the eventing? Definitely cross country. Oh, yeah. I think I can tell that by your voice and from your videos. So do you have any, um, do you have any big riding goals that you're working towards down the road? I really want to go to champs for first level on my pony flower. So I've been working on a lot of first level stuff. I don't know if I'll be able to do it because as my trainer reminds me, I do grow. So eventually I'm going to outgrow my 12-2 pony. Mm-hmm. But until then, I'm going to work with her on first level dressage and try to go to champs for that because I don't know how many more years I'll really be able to ride her. But if that doesn't work out, I'll probably take Micah and it'll probably be for eventing. So what's what's been your favorite part about pony club and what makes you talk about it so much because i know you've you've talked about it quite a bit as the spotlight writer on horses in the morning the radio show on the horse radio network well pony club really teaches you about responsibility which is something that everyone needs to learn because if you can't be responsible you're not gonna do so great in life so I feel like it teaches a lot of life life lessons, but you also get to make friends and ride horses, which is what I love to do. So I think it's just a great experience for anyone growing up. Have you had any interesting experiences lately that that kind of stand out for you with your ponies? Camps was like one of the biggest pony club experiences I've had. And it was just, it was so great. We got to, we did so well in dressage and I had been working for months with Flower on it because she was bred to be a hunter pony. So she was like a hunter turned eventer. And then we started doing fancy dressage with her, which at first she was like, I do not know what we are doing here. (laughs) So... Well, I'm so glad you got to have that experience, and hopefully we'll get to meet you at the next Championships East. I definitely plan on being there. Well, great. Well, we want to thank you for doing the interview, and would your mom want to come on and chat with us for a minute? Yeah, 
I'll give you two. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hi, this is Debbie. Hey, I didn't know if you you would want to answer a few interview questions as well. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, I was in Pony Club as a horse master for many years, and I had the best time. I loved it. Yeah, what um, what made you join? So when I first put my daughter in, I think she was six years old, and because this will be her sixth year in Pony Club, and they, um, my local Pony Club had allowed horse masters. So I have a horse and I ride, and so I thought, you know, it would be really fun, something to do, um, extra lessons, you know, you get to have, you know, different instructors. So, you know, to have that opportunity through Pony Club, I thought would be really cool. So um, one of the first things I did when I joined was I went to Horseless Rally because my DC said Horseless would be really, really fun, um, like way to get like used to a rally. And it was hilarious because I was the only, me and one other um, adult, we were at Horseless and we were doing dressage tests, pretending we were a horse. It was hilarious. We had so much fun. Um, but it's just fun because you get to, you know, you get to, you know, I've learned so much in Pony Club, like just becoming a member, just all the knowledge, all the information, all the stuff that, you know, that I grew up not knowing or not learning. It's, it was really great to, you know, get all that information. So what were or what are your favorite parts of being a Pony Club member as an adult? So um, a lot of the friendships that I have made um, have been through the Pony Club Horse Masters program. Um, we all have gotten to be really good friends and, you know, I've gotten to know a lot of the kids. Um, I did, when I was in Pony Club, um, I stopped right around COVID because um, there wasn't a lot happening. So um, I'm going to join next year. But one of the one of the cool things was, you know, all the friendships that I made. And we did a lot of unmounted meetings where we learned a lot of information and then um, we, you know, turned it into practical, but all that stuff you get to spend with people. And, you know, one of the challenges, you know, as an adult um, in the working world is, you know, a lot of us work from home. So we're a little bit isolated. So it gives us an opportunity to be around other people. It also gives us um, an opportunity to be mentors to the kids in Pony Club because kids generally look up to adults. Um, so it's an added responsibility, but it's, you know, kind of great to be, um, you know, sort of a mentor to them, hang out with them. It's, you know, it's a lot of fun. And a lot of the adults are just, everyone's a lot of fun. How have you seen Kira grow and flourish during her time in Pony Club? Kira came to me when she was um, five years old. Um, so Kira's adopted. And so when we first got Kira, she was super um, shy, quiet, reserved. Um, and so I started horse therapy with her and, um, you know, so her relationship with horses started to bring out her natural personality. But when, um, when she started taking lessons, um, and she was invited into pony club by the DC, which was her trainer at the time, um, I started to notice like she didn't really trust a lot of people. So it helped her to gain trust and, uh, learn to trust adults and learn to trust, uh, children. Um, friends. And so I've watched, um, you know, all the relationships that she made at Pony Club. Um, she learned to trust, you know, other kids. Um, and, you know, she learned how to form friendships because, um, you know, she was a kid that, you know, didn't, you know, didn't socialize much when she was younger. Um, so, 
you know, she learned how to have friendships. She learned how to have, you know, personal responsibility, how to be responsible for herself. Um, and so one of the biggest things I've seen that Pony Club does for her is it really has made her grow as a person. Um, and as parents, we really try and, you know, instill responsibility in our kids. But we look to the schools and we look to the outside activities to work with us and like co-parent with us. And one of the greatest things about Pony Club is that they, you know, demand respect. They um, demand responsibility, you know, um, independence. Like she does everything on her own. I don't have to help her with stuff. She knows how to do things. I mean, of course I help her, but, you know, she doesn't need my help. Like, you know, when she went to champ, she can do things independently. She can do things by herself. Um, she doesn't need me to muck her stall. She doesn't, you know, she's learned to be independent and she's had to learn to do things. She had to learn to tack up her horse on her own. She had to learn how to reach the top of the head with a stool. You know, all these things she's had to learn through Pony Club. And she has a really wonderful DC that even when she was just a student, you know, she's a steward of Pony Club. So, you know, she's the Pony Club way. And so even when she first started and when she wasn't in Pony Club, she was really taught the Pony Club way. And so it's really I just really have seen her change and grow to be a really great independent young, young, young girl. Yes. Yeah, she mentioned the responsibility aspect of it. And I thought that was, that was um, not only cute, but also just so grown up and she's only 12. So uh, yeah, that's, yeah, but that's I think, great. I think Pony Club does that. Right. I mean, I mm-hmm. feel like, you know, I mean, you know, you go to a rally, you know, you know, we're all sitting on the sidelines. You know, one of the greatest things about being a horse master and going to rallies, you can be in there with your kids. Like that was the greatest part. Um, but the, the bottom line was she has to do everything by herself. I mean, she does all these things at rallies and I, you can't, as a parent, you can't help her. You set up and then you, you know, you're gone for the day and you know, they have to take over and there's no choice, but to be responsible. But I actually think that, you know, she thrives on being able to be responsible and being able to act like a little mini adult, but you know, she's still a kid. She Mm -hmm. still laughs and giggles and, you know, acts like a little kid, but you know, she knows when it's time to to be responsible and step up. Right. So it's actually kind of cool to watch. Well, we want to thank you both for joining us on the podcast and uh, we hope to meet you both. Yeah. In person. Uh championships east so we'll have to make a point to oh, connect yeah that's yeah that that'd be awesome yeah the first year she went she went for eventing uh second year she went which was last year she went well we've gone to championships every year um mm. but even just the supporting members not even riding members before she could ride before she was of age we you know we went just to support pony club and the kids at champs and then um and then this year she'll probably depending on how she grows, she, you know, will probably end up eventing, but yeah. So, you know, we'll definitely meet you there. We'll be there. Well, that was great to hear from them. And, uh, with this podcast, that was our youngest person to be featured on the podcast. So I hope you all enjoyed listening to one of the members and we hope to feature members of all ages on the podcast. Also, if you would like to sponsor the pony club podcast, either an episode or be a title sponsor, or you want to have your company represented in other ways with USPC, then please reach out to us at advertising at ponyclub.org. And we would like to thank our episode sponsor, Kentucky equine research.
We would also like to offer a big thank you, as always, to our Pony Club corporate sponsors. Carrots, who is the official apparel sponsor. Shapley's, the official grooming product sponsor. The Horse, your Triple Crown, the official feed sponsor. Wintech, the official saddle sponsor. And Zoetis, the official equine health and wellness partner. And don't forget to visit shopponyclub.org for all your Pony Club needs. We have everything from gifts to Pony Club apparel to manuals and study guides. And we also have your 2023 USPC convention event gear and apparel custom made with the event logo and available for a limited time online. Shopponyclub.org is your one-stop Pony Club shop.